We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Away we go, episode 555 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Friday, April 21st, 2023, the day after one of the great stars in Washington, D.C. sports history, former Nationals ace and current New York Mets star, Max Scherzer, received a 10-game suspension and an undisclosed fine for violating Major League Baseball's, quote, prohibitions on foreign substances, end quote. Yes, Max has been a naughty boy. Uh, He got ejected from the Mets' 5-3 win at the Los Angeles Dodgers on Wednesday, essentially for his pitching hand being too sticky. I hate when that happens. Uh, Max has maintained that he used nothing more than, quote, sweat and rosin, end quote, both legal substances, provided they are applied in accordance with MLB rules. But umpires in the game contended that, the level of stickiness on Max's hand was above and beyond anything that the umps had seen this season. I know that a lot of Nats fans lament all of the great stars who are no longer on the Nats, but you know, you think about it. Outfielder Juan Soto struggling with the San Diego Padres. Third baseman Anthony Rendon struggling with the Los Angeles Angels. Now Max Scherzer, a 10-game suspension. I don't know if these guys' problems make you feel better as a Nats fan, but uh, things haven't exactly gone spectacularly for all of these former Nats stars. Although, (laughs) how about what is happening with Nelson Cruz, designated hitter Nelson Cruz, who was awful for the Nats last season. He, as I speak, early on this Friday morning, is tied for first on the San Diego Padres in RBI for this regular season at 12. And what is his age 42 season? No, RBI is not the most meaningful stat, but still, Nelson Cruz was hideous for the Nats last season. And yet he's actually doing all right for the Padres so far this season. Hello and welcome to this Friday installment of the Al Galdi podcast, the only Washington, D.C. area sports podcast or show for which there is a new episode each weekday, Monday through Friday, with each episode out oh so early each weekday morning. One week from now, we will know what the commanders did in the first round of the 2023 NFL draft. Will we feel good about what they did? Will we be furious? about what they did. Uh, We, on Thursday afternoon, had a near 25-minute joint pre-NFL draft press conference for head coach Rod Rivera and general manager Martin Mayhew. And so coming up on the show, I'm going to take you through the most significant things that were said at the press conference and react to those things. Uh, Next segment will focus on that which was said regarding the sale of the commanders. Now, no major reports or developments in the sale on Thursday, but Ron at the presser on Thursday afternoon was asked quite a bit about the sale. Didn't really want to talk about it, uh, although he and Martin did end up talking about it at least somewhat. And then after that, we'll focus on what Ron and Martin on Thursday afternoon said about the team's 2023 draft, Uh, their thought process, their philosophies. Uh, Ron addressed the team's pre-draft visit from Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker, as well as discussed the team's quarterback approach with Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett. Martin opened up about his thinking on trading up 
and trading down. Uh, both Ron and Martin talked about the commanders a trade down in the first round of last year's draft. Uh, Ron said that he has made a decision on exercising the fifth-year option in the rookie contract of edge defender Chase Young. A lot to get into. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Mike on the Big Wizards news on Wednesday evening, the team firing president and general manager Tommy Shepard. And Mike also addressed the good Maryland football news on Monday afternoon. The Terrapins are going back to the script Terps uniform full-time, writes Mike. Not that he didn't deserve to go. They all do over there, but dumping Tommy Shepard is like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. I'm sure it was Tommy who strong-armed the organization into paying Bradley Beal over a quarter of a billion dollars, and no doubt Shepard included the ridiculous no-trade clause. Tommy got no credit at all for Ted Leonsis' <laughs> video game championship. That hardly seemed fair. The problem with the Wiz is apparent, but you sure can't fire him. Yes, the best news of the week is the switchback to the glorious script Terps uniform. It was Randy Edsel and Kevin Anderson who decided to retire the script. A couple more DC sports geniuses who we have been forced to endure. Always terrific shows, Al. The best in town. Maybe by the time that you read this, the Nats will have scored a run. Uh, thank you for the email, Mike. Well, the Nationals did not have a game on Thursday, so they still have not scored a run since... This past Sunday afternoon, uh, there's no question, the Wizards' problems go way deeper than Tommy Shepard. As I talked about on Thursday's show, episode 554, the owner of our Wizards, Ted Leonsis, he needs to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. He needs to stop clinging to the ceiling of mid, okay? He needs to get rid of mid, all right? There's a rhyming key for you for the Wizards. Uh, the belief is that Ted Leonsis is afraid to engage in a full-fledged rebuild because he doesn't want the team being terrible for multiple seasons, and he doesn't want a bunch of empty seats during Wizards games at Capital Win Arena. Well, I got news for my guy, Ted. Uh, the team hasn't been that far from terrible these last few seasons, and there have been many empty seats during Wizards games at Capital One Arena. Know this, the Wizards for the 2022-2023 regular season finished, guess where? Dead last in the NBA in percent capacity attendance at home games, just 84.1. And yeah, good job by Mike of bringing up that Bradley Beal no trade clause. Never forget this, the Wizards last July didn't just re-sign Beal to a five-year, $251 million Supermax contract, which is the richest contract in Washington, D.C. sports history. Oh, no, 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 no. The Wizards also gave Beal a no-trade clause and understand the significance of that. ESPN NBA front office insider Bobby Marks on July 6th, 2022, over multiple tweets, a tweet head, quote, the Beal contract consists of a no-trade clause. He is the only player in the league to have a true no-trade clause. Beal becomes only the 10th player to have a no-trade clause, joining LeBron, KG, Mello, Dirk, Kobe, D-Wade, Duncan, David Robinson, and John Stockton. The contract also has a 15% trade kicker and player option in year five, <laughs> end quote. I mean, what are we talking about here? The damn Washington Wizards. Thank you, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, I have received plenty of feedback on our good friend, our good pal, Brian Davis, the former Duke basketball player, the former NBA player, the former part owner of DC United, the guy who supposedly has this $7 billion cash offer to buy the commanders, the guy who also has a sketchy, shady business past, and the guy who on Wednesday morning made quite the appearance on the Sports Junkies on 106.7 The Fan. We on Thursday show had some scheduled fun uh, with that appearance uh, off this exchange. My money comes from white people. White people. <laughs> I don't even white, know what that means, but white okay. People. <laughs> white people. Let, no, let me finish. Let yeah. me finish. White right, people <laughs> who are Jewish, who are Italian, who are Sicilian. White people. Right. And, and the NFL will find that out. It comes from white people. Those are my partners. White people. Yeah, there you go. White people. Uh, email from Matthias, writes Matthias. White, Sicilian, Italian. Sounds like Hyman Roth and Don Corleone are teaming up to back Brian Davis. That's, wait for it, the Godfather offer. 
Uh, thank you for the email, Matthias. Perhaps you are correct about that. Email from Robsky in DC writes, Robsky, may I posit the Debbie Downiest theory on this Brian Davis insanity? What if Mr. Snyder is in cahoots with Mr. Davis, and this is all just a soft opening to introduce Brian Davis as Dan's new minority partner. Dan can claim that he earnestly sought to sell the team to appease the NFL and 99% of the people on earth, but he never planned to sell the team. And he secretly hates Josh Harris, Mitchell Rails, and anyone else who has tried to snatch Dan's most precious toy away. So Dan just wanted to torture those people with this drawn-out ruse. Team stays at the FedEx site forever. Dan remains majority owner. Cue the Walter White, I won. Wow. (laughs) Thank you for the email, Robsky. Although I probably should not thank Robsky for that. Uh, Now we're all going to have nightmares this weekend over what Robsky wrote. Uh, I do think this. It is quite possible that our outgoing Commander's co-owner and co-CEO, Daniel M. Snyder, uh, is behind this Brian Davis insanity from a standpoint of encouraging him to bid in order to drive up the price further and extract more money from the Josh Harris group. If you listen to Davis's appearance on The Junkies, he at one point like thanked Dan Snyder. I thought that that was interesting. Uh, I would not be stunned if it turns out that Dan identified Brian Davis as the perfect someone to participate in Dan's reindeer games in order to drive up the price of the team. Because after all, it appears, okay, and I'll stress that word, appears as if uh, our guy Brian Davis doesn't exactly have uh, the highest of moral standards, okay? But I also do believe this. Josh Harris is not a dummy, okay? Josh Harris is smart enough to see through the con uh, if, in fact, that's what this is. But, you know, whatever the case, Dan Snyder in May 1999 bought the team for $800 million. He's now set to sell the team for $6.05 billion. Dan, in a lot of ways, already has won. I won. Yes, thank you, Walter White. One of the greatest lines in television history. Walter's plan to blow up Gus Fring has worked to perfection Walter is on the phone with his wife, and he says, so simply, but also effectively, I won. I won. Oh, I still get chills when I hear that. Breaking Bad, what a show. So good was Breaking Bad that it spawned a spinoff show that also was great. Better Call Saul. Saul Goodman, a lawyer, (laughs) with an all-time great catchphrase, so good, man. And always know, it is Saul Goodman if you go with the real-life law firm of Paulson and Nace. Saul Goodman is fiction. Paulson and Nace is real. And Paulson and Nace will fight for you. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace is dedicated to promoting the rights of seriously injured persons and their families. You can call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Paulson and Nace is widely respected throughout Washington, D.C. and West Virginia for the firm's accomplishments both in and out of courtrooms. Chris Nace and Matt Nace, they are dedicated trial attorneys who do not balk in the face of large insurance companies or well-known businesses that have had practices or products that are directly related to the root of your harm. And by the way, a big congratulations to Chris Nace, who was just named the 2023 Barry J. Nace Trial Lawyer of the Year. Uh, This by the D.C. Trial Lawyers Association. Paulson and Nace does not accept Low settlement offers that benefit the people who cause clients harm more than the offers benefit the clients. And this is because Paulson and Nace is not afraid to take a case to trial. And that's because Paulson and Nace wins trials. Paulson and Nace has secured millions of dollars in verdict and settlement amounts for clients to better enable them to care for themselves and their families. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wrong but aren't sure, Call Paulson and Nace and schedule 
a no-obligation appointment. Yeah, you're obligated to nothing. Call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Schedule a no-obligation appointment by calling 202-902-7611. You can also visit PaulsonandNace.com. That's PaulsonandNace.com. Just make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Well, we on Thursday afternoon at the Commander's Team Facility in Ashburn, Virginia, had a press conference, a joint pre-NFL draft press conference for head coach Rod Rivera and general manager Martin Mayhew. Uh, the first round of the 2023 NFL draft is this Thursday night, April 27th. Uh, the second and third rounds of the 2023 draft are on Friday night, April 28th, and then the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds of the 2023 draft are on Saturday April 29th. Uh, The commanders in the 2023 draft have eight picks, the number 16 overall pick, a second round pick, a third round pick, a fourth round pick, a fifth round pick, two sixth round picks, and a seventh round pick. Uh, The 2023 draft will be Washington's fourth NFL draft with Rod Rivera as head coach in the, yes, coach-centric approach, and will be Washington's third NFL draft with Martin Mayhew as general manager. Uh, next segment, I'm going to focus on what Ron and Martin on Thursday afternoon said about the commanders regarding the draft. Uh, but right now, I do want to get into how Ron on Thursday afternoon handled the many questions about the sale of the commanders. So Thursday marked one week since we, the previous Thursday, April 13th, had the glorious news, the multiple reports that Dan Snyder had agreed to sell the team to a group-led by Josh Harris for $6.05 billion, although the reports did say that the agreement was not exclusive and was not signed, meaning that another bidder still could buy the commanders. We on Monday evening slash Monday night had reports that the NFL had received the terms of the deal between Dan Snyder and Josh Harris for review, and the Washington Post on Wednesday morning reported that the NFL's informal review of this agreement uh, had found no major issues with the terms of the deal, though other matters related to the sale still needed to be resolved before the sale was finalized, uh, namely questions pertaining to legal indemnification of Dan Snyder, uh, and also the results of the Mary Jo White investigation. Yeah, remember that thing? Uh, We still do not have the results of that thing. So as far as we know, this is where things stand in the sale of the team. With all of that as a backdrop, we on Thursday afternoon had the following exchange between Commander's Insider Nikki Javala of the Washington Post and Ron Rivera. The news of a tentative agreement with Josh Harris's group to purchase the Commanders. What was your reaction when you heard that news? What is your reaction in trying to prepare for the draft um, while also kind of hearing all this in the background? Well, I mean, as far as what's going on with, with the sale, you know, that that's not a question for us. You know, um, how do we react to it? Well, you know, until it's done, there's really not much to say. And so we're going to stick to, to what we've done in terms of our preparation. Uh, we're going to stick to the plan that we had talked about back in February as a group, you know, sitting down with Martin, Marty, uh, with Rob and, you know, and, and, and Eric, you know, pretty much our, our, our upper personnel department and just talked about what we wanted to do and what we needed to do going forward. You know, I, I made a comment earlier about being able to, to roster build, you know, and, and just to be clear about it, it's because of the situation we're in with the young quarterback now. Um, you know, we were able to go out and do a lot of things in free agency and, and positive things. Um, we got, as you know, we talked about, we, you know, we were able to get three starters off of three playoff teams. And that feels pretty good, especially for the positions we got him at. So we feel very confident, very comfortable going forward. And in that cut, heard Ron Rivera refer to Marty, Rob, and Eric. Uh, Marty is Marty Herney, the commander's executive vice president of football slash player personnel. Rob is Rob Rogers, the team's senior vice president of football administration. Uh, He's the team's salary cap guy. And Eric is Eric Stokes, the team's senior director of player personnel. All three guys, by the way, did work with Ron during his time as Carolina Panthers head coach. Interesting that Ron, in that answer, made it a point to clarify his comments about roster building. Do you remember those? Uh, Ron, on March 28th in Phoenix, Arizona, in his session with reporters at the NFL's annual league meeting, said, quote, 
We are roster building, I think, for the first time, end quote. <laughs> and Ron took a lot of criticism for those comments. Uh, what were, to me, classic Ron E's comments. Ron E's, you know, the language of Ron Rivera, a language that we have come to know since the Redskins hired Ron as head coach on New Year's Day 2020. Now, obviously, Ron didn't literally mean that only now is he as Washington head coach in the coach-centric approach trying to build up the roster, okay? The team did conduct drafts and free agency and trades in the 2020-2021 and 2022 offseasons. Ron's point was that roster building now is easier given that the team is positioning a guy in Sam Howell on a fifth-round rookie contract to be the team's QB1, although, of course, the team for the 2020 and 2021 seasons wasn't exactly spending massive money at the quarterback position either. So again, I go back to Ron Ease. It makes sense in his mind in that moment what he's saying, that the team is roster building for the first time. But put aside the veracity of the roster building comments, it stuck out to me that Ron on Thursday afternoon, more than three weeks after he made those roster building comments uh, made it a point to clarify those comments. Uh, He definitely is aware of the criticism that he received for those comments. Uh, All right, but Ron, in that exchange that I just played for you, was asked about the sale of the team and dodged that topic. And this became a theme throughout the press conference on Thursday afternoon. Ron being asked about the sale of the team in some way, and Ron dodging the question to varying degrees. Uh, Later in the press conference on Thursday afternoon, we had this exchange between Commander's Insider Matthew Paris of the Washington Times and Ron Rivera. Just going back to the ownership thing real quickly, have you had a chance to talk to Josh Harris's group at all? No, again, um, we're going to leave that to to what's going on, but no. All right, so Rod Rivera, at least according to him, has not yet spoken with Josh Harris. Uh, I'm not even sure if that's allowed. Uh, Remember, this agreement between Josh Harris and Dan Snyder, per reports, isn't even signed and isn't even exclusive. But uh, Rod in that cut that I just played for you, not wanting to talk about the sale of the Commanders. Uh, Later in the press conference on Thursday afternoon, we had this exchange between Scott Abraham, sports anchor for ABC7, and Ron Rivera. Right now, the Snyder family still owns this football team. I know before the draft previously, you've usually meet with ownership, talk to them maybe what the plan is. Have you had that conversation this year with the Snyder family, and what was that conversation like? Again, you know, we're, we're leaving that discussion about ownership and all that, you know, to, to the experts. So we'll skip that. <laughs> all right. Ron Rivera decided to skip that question did not provide an answer of any kind. Uh, Later in the press conference on Thursday afternoon, we had this exchange between Commander's Insider J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington and Ron Rivera, who in this instance did provide an answer. Here you go. Hey, Ron, with the uncertainty at the ownership level, I know that in the past you've talked about how relatively frequently you would talk with Dan. Has that been liberating, nerve-wracking? Has it impacted you maybe not having those conversations and not knowing what's coming next? Like, is it just a different approach to the draft? It's now a different approach, you know, and that's probably the biggest thing more than anything else, you know, is that, again, you know, what we talked about more so as anything as a group of, of, of us, and, and that's, you know, myself, Martin, Marty, um, Rob, and, and, and Eric, you know, we've talked about what our plan was, what we've been looking for since, you know, since we finished the season in January. We got together, talked about, okay, this is our plan. This is what we wanted to do. Uh, we put together a, um, you know, a 2023 projection and 2024 projection that we presented at one point, um, and we've stuck to that. That's pretty much what we've wanted to do. We got into a position in free agency, and as I said earlier, you know, we, we, we were able to roster build off of a, off of a rookie contract. And because of that, we felt we, we were able to do the things we wanted to do. We, we, we signed three starters, guys that we feel very good about. We signed a, a quarterback to come in and help compete and at the same time help develop a quarterback for us. And then we signed some more good quality players that are going to continue to add to the depth of who we are as a football team. And we were able to sign some of our own. Let's don't forget we were able to take care of Deron Payne as well. So there was a lot of things that we were able to do. But again, a lot of it was because when the season was over, we got together, we did our evaluations, you know, and then we mapped out what our 2023-2024 projections are going forward. 
So Rod Rivera and that answer gave us a uh, summary of the commander's offseason so far. The narrative from Ron and Martin Mayhew has been that this offseason has been business as usual, despite the sale of the team. And, you know, that may be true, okay? We have no idea of knowing. But just going off what we do know with this being Washington's fourth offseason with Ron as head coach and knowing what we know about Ron and those first three offseasons with him as Washington head coach, I actually don't think that it's ridiculous to think that this offseason for the team has been business as usual despite the sale. Like, you tell me, does this Washington offseason from a football transaction standpoint feel substantially different from the last three offseasons? Not to me. Now, that doesn't mean that this offseason is a good offseason because Washington's last three offseasons have been very mixed. But if we're just dealing with the question of, has the sale of the team materially affected the team's football decisions this offseason? I don't think that the answer of no is some far-fetched answer. Uh, All right, back to Ron Rivera dodging questions about the sale of the team later in the press conference on Thursday afternoon. We had this exchange involving Ron Rivera, and then you'll hear a follow-up question that's answered by Martin Mayhew. Hi. Um, can you just talk a little bit about, uh, you mentioned how kind of upper personnel has, has driven a lot of this draft process. Uh, just with the uncertainty right now with ownership, I mean, do you all, what is the process on draft night? Should you get an offer to trade up, trade down, uh, make a player acquisition? I mean, do you all have full autonomy? Is, is there any? Well, that's, we've always had that. When we've been in the drafts, when it comes to the trades and everything like that, that's that's where Martin takes over. That's one of the things he does, mm-hmm. you know, that, that those nights for us. He handles that stuff, and we've had full autonomy in, in terms of making those those decisions. So that's something that we'll continue to do um, unless something were to happen and, 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 you know, it changes. But right now we have the autonomy to go out and make the decisions that, that we feel best about, um, and we'll continue, you know, with that until otherwise told. Any just stress or added stress this year, knowing the uncertainty of the of the ownership picture for for you all? No, no. I mean, we it's it's business as usual. Um, fortunately, we've been very busy the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we you have. Know? <laughs> so a lot. There's been a lot of noise out there, but we've been totally focused on this draft. And again, we're really excited about where we are right now as a football team, and excited about adding more players to our team the next next week. Okay, so Rod Rivera asked whether he and his crew have uh, full autonomy on football operations despite the sale of the team, quote, we've always had that, end quote. And I got a kick out of that. The translation of that is uh, what Dan Snyder famously did in the first round of the 2019 NFL draft, ordering the Skins to take quarterback Dwayne Haskins with the number 15 overall pick. Nothing like that has happened with me, i.e., Uh, Ron Rivera here. Uh, This NFL draft season for the Commanders has been so odd because we've had this split focus of the draft and the sale of the team. And the latter matters so much that you at times almost feel silly focusing on the former. Like the sale of the team is such a big deal for so many reasons that you at times almost feel silly even talking (laughs) about the 2023 NFL draft for the commanders. It would be lovely if next April, from a commander's standpoint, uh, is all about the 2024 NFL draft. But in this April, we have something a lot more monumental with the team to be discussing and thinking about and asking about as much as Ron doesn't want those questions. We're, we're leaving that discussion about ownership and all that, you know, to, to the experts. So we'll skip that. Yes. Thank you, Ron. Uh, Up next, what Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew on Thursday afternoon had to say about the Commanders' 2023 draft, quarterback Sam Howell, edge defender Chase Young, and a lot more. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good to have you with us, however you are with us, uh, whatever you are with us. That is the beauty of the podcast. You listen when it's convenient for you. Uh, a big help is if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. You can subscribe to the pod by those platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. A subscription to the pod costs you nothing and make sure that you never miss an episode. Uh, you on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. You can pass judgment on this podcast. Uh, the review can be just a sentence or two. Can be more, but doesn't have to be. Uh, but thank you very much for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. More now from the joint pre-NFL draft press conference of Commanders head coach Ron Rivera and Commanders general manager Martin Mayhew on Thursday afternoon. It, of course, is too early still to pass full and definitive judgment on what the team did in the 2022 draft, but for now, the team trading down in the first round of the 2022 draft does look good. The Commanders initially had the number 11 overall pick in the 2022 draft, they, on the night of the first round of the 2022 draft, traded that number 11 overall pick to the New Orleans Saints for a package of picks that, along with the 2022 six-round pick, the commanders ultimately turned into the following players who the team took in the 2022 draft. Receiver Jahan Dodson, running back Brian Robinson Jr., quarterback Sam Howell, and tight end Cole Turner. Again, too early to pass full and definitive judgment, but that package could look quite nice as time goes on. This was Martin Mayhew on Thursday afternoon on the process by which the commanders in a round in an NFL draft decide between trading up or trading down or staying put. Yeah, frequently trade-ups um, are situations where um, you, know, you see a player who you think should have been gone and then you move up and try to try to get that player. You know, the player fits you. It's an aggressive move to go up, I think, because you're giving up typically draft choices or other opportunities to pick other players to go and get that player. So you have to have consensus on a guy. You have to be have a very, very strong opinion of a guy in my in my mind to move up. And that's be pretty much across the board where coach, myself, all the scouts, everybody's on the same page and we all believe it's worth giving up another player to get that guy. Um I I, I think uh, from my from my history, my perspective, trading back has worked better for me. Um, you know, in, most of the time when you when you're trading back, you're you're acquiring more picks, and it's been my experience that just having more volume and having more picks gives you more opportunities to hit, especially if you're scouting well in those mid late rounds. And that's what happened for us last year. You know, we moved back, we picked up a number of players we feel really good about, um, and those guys all have really bright futures with us right now. Um, if we had gone up, we, we I think we started with five or six picks to start the draft. So if we had gone up and given up picks, it, it, it had been slim pickings for us. You know, um, so. It, it, it varies a lot. You have to be really strong, I think, in opinions in terms of moving up. Uh, I really prefer to move back most of the time. You know, there is no hard and fast rule with trading up or down in NFL drafts. I mean, circumstance and context are everything, but this much is true. A, the NFL draft is a crapshoot. B, there are good players in every round in every NFL draft. And so, a general rule with NFL drafts is that you want to be looking to trade down. Uh, now, if there's a player who you really like and that player is available to you at your pick, you take them. 
But generally speaking, the way to do the NFL draft is to trade down, get more picks, and diversify your risk. Uh, As for whether the commanders got good value for moving down five spots in the first round of the 2022 draft, uh, well, NFL draft trade charts had mixed values on what the commanders did, but overthecap.com had the trade as a home run trade for the commanders. Uh, This per the founder of overthecap.com. Jason Fitzgerald. Uh, Overthecap.com had the commander's number 11 overall pick as being worth 1,785 points. Overthecap.com had the three picks that the Saints traded to the commanders as being worth 2,845 points. So the commanders via this trade gained 1,060 points. Not bad. Uh, More from Martin Mayhew and also thoughts from Ron Rivera on Thursday afternoon on the commander's trade back in the first round of last year's NFL draft. We talked about moving back. It wasn't something that was... No, it was something that was in the works. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that here in the press conference. I mean, it's one of the things that that we'll do, you know, during next week, you know, like Martin did last year. He talked about what our potentials and who we could possibly move back with. It's all part of the draft preparation is you got to talk about, hey, if all these guys are gone, what's the next move? And, And so last year, that was something that was prepared in case certain situations happened and something that we felt we could do. And and, and to, to that point, uh, that's part of our preparation for next week is I will be calling other teams and talking to them and feeling other teams out who wants to move up, who wants to move back, and, and they'll be calling me as well. I think that Rod Rivera and Martin Mayhew feel really good about the team's trade back in the first round of the 2022 draft. Like, almost too good, okay? Uh, but Here's the bottom line. I think that Ron and Martin would be very comfortable trading down in the first round of the 2023 draft. And when you look at the 2023 draft and where the commanders are picking uh, and the mock drafts, uh, to whatever extent those are meaningful, it's not like there's you know one player who the commanders absolutely should be fixated on with their number 16 overall pick. There are a number of players who feel like they could be very good players. There are good players everywhere in NFL drafts. The key is identifying those players. But we on Thursday afternoon uh, did get a good bit of highlighting (laughs) of the team's trade back in the first round of last year's draft. Take a listen to this from Ron Rivera. You know, we were fortunate last year. We went backwards. You know, Martin made a great deal for us, got us a few more picks. And uh, the guy that we liked the most was sitting right there, and we were able to get Jahan. And, and, you know, and again, not a lot of people knew that's the direction we were going. A big part of it was we didn't bring him in for the 30 visit. <laughs> um, but that's the truth. I mean, you know, we, we, we were very fortunate. And, and again, as Martin said, a lot of it was we created a better opportunity for us by being able to go backwards. Going forward by going backward. There you go. Uh, All right. What about quarterback? We know the deal with the commanders at quarterback. They are positioning Sam Howell to be their QB1 for the 2023 season, but with the idea that he is going to compete with Jacoby Brissett for that starting quarterback job. Uh, The commanders on Tuesday reportedly welcomed Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker for a pre-draft visit, uh, what is known as a top 30 visit. A top 30 visit is one of 30 in-house visits that each NFL team is allowed with prospects prior to NFL drafts. Uh, Top 30 visits can be meaningful in terms of telling us who NFL teams are interested in drafting, but of course, top 30 visits also can be meaningless in that regard. There's a lot of gamesmanship, a lot of subterfuge that goes on this time of year. Uh, But keep this in mind. We on April 4th had this tweet from NFL insider Albert Breer of the MMQB, quote, sources, the commanders are scheduled to have just one QB in For a 30 visit, Tennessee's Hendon Hooker. He'll come in during the last week visits are allowed, which will allow Washington to get an update on his knee and some time with the Vol star. End quote. So just one quarterback being welcomed by the commanders for a top 30 visit. Is that because the commanders are genuinely interested in Hendon Hooker? Or is that because the commanders are trying to bait an NFL team that is actually interested in Hendon Hooker and trying to trade up with the commanders for Hendon Hooker? Uh, Ron Rivera on Thursday afternoon on why the commanders brought in Hendon Hooker for a pre-draft visit if they're wanting to have Sam Howell as their QB1. 
Because you never know. I mean, situations, circumstances may dictate something else. But for the most part, you know, we feel very comfortable going into this draft in terms of, you know, what our needs are. Uh, I think we put ourselves in good position because of success we had. Uh, we we feel we had in in free agency. Um, you know, as far as the quarterback position goes, you know, we feel very comfortable with the guys we have. I mean, if you think about it, we had we have a young guy in Sam that, you know, coming out at one point was rated very high. Um, you know, we were fortunate we believe to get him where we got him. Uh, we get jo- Jacoby Brissett coming off of you know arguably one of his better years as a player. And, and, and it's one of those things that's funny because typically a lot of times you get veteran quarterbacks that's, you know, they're coming off of tough times. So we feel good about what we did there as well, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yes, we will. Uh, what we got in that answer from Ron Rivera was another endorsement of Sam Howell in addition to praise for Jacoby Brissett. So I don't think that anyone should be stunned if it turns out that all of this handed hooker to the commander's talk is pure smokescreen. Uh, As I have said, though, I do believe that the commanders should be open to taking a quarterback in the 2023 draft, including in the first round. And I say that as someone who is excited about Sam Howell and very much applauded the team uh, for taking him in the fifth round of last year's draft. But I'm a big believer in volume at the quarterback position for a franchise quarterback needy team as our team is and has been for many, many years. In other words, if you are an NFL team Without a franchise quarterback, you need to take as many swings as are reasonably possible at the position until you have a franchise quarterback. And if the commanders truly like Hendon Hooker and truly believe that he could be a franchise quarterback and he is available to them in the 2023 draft, then they should take him. But, you know, Hendon Hooker is a tricky prospect. Uh, He, over his two seasons as Tennessee quarterback, was great. He, in January 2021, transferred from Virginia Tech to Tennessee. Uh, Hooker for Tennessee over the 2021 and 2022 seasons, 58 touchdown passes versus just five interceptions, a yards per pass attempt of 9.62, and a school record career completion percentage of 68.83, breaking a record that had been held by the great Peyton Manning. Also, Hendon Hooker for the 2022 season was number two among all qualified quarterbacks in the FBS at ESPN's total QBR. Additionally, Hendon Hooker is tall uh, to whatever extent that quarterback height matters. Uh, He at the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine measured as being 6'3". However, there are multiple significant concerns with Hendon Hooker. Probably the biggest is the dude is coming off a torn left ACL, okay? He suffered a torn left ACL in Tennessee's 63-38 loss at South Carolina this past November 19th. Do you want to be spending a day one or day two pick on a quarterback coming off a torn left ACL? Also, Hooker at Tennessee did not play in a pro-style offense. Uh, The offense was one in which there was not much in the way of pre-snap reading and post-snap processing of information. Now, it is true that NFL offenses are becoming more and more like college football offenses, but a guy whose opinion I very much respect, Pro Football Focus senior data analyst and Commanders fan Nick Ackridge, who is a big Tennessee fan, by the way, uh, he expressed big concerns about Hooker as an NFL quarterback based on his offense at Tennessee. Uh, This was on episode 520 of this podcast. Uh, And then there is the age of Hendon Hooker. He's 25. Uh, He's already in his athletic prime, which is believed to be in an athlete's mid-20s. Hendon Hooker was a college quarterback forever. Six seasons, 2017 through 2020 at Virginia Tech in 2021 and 2022 at Tennessee. Consider this, only one quarterback, 25 or older, has been taken in the first round of an NFL draft in the common draft era, which started with the 1967 NFL draft. And that quarterback, Brandon Whedon, (laughs) who the Cleveland Browns took with the number 22 pick in the 2012 NFL draft, and who, as you can tell by my laughter, uh, was a bust. Uh, What about this 2023 draft overall? Martin Mayhew on Thursday afternoon on if the 2023 draft and how it sets up lines up with what the commanders are looking for. Free agency set us up for the draft and we have the flexibility to go anywhere in the first round. And that's that I think that's that's a credit to our, our pro department, uh, to our coaching staff who also evaluated a bunch of those players. Um, I think, you know, we're, we're set up in, in, in really good shape going into our draft this year. 
right. Well, as the 2023 NFL draft is coming up, of course, we have had free agency for well over a month now. Uh, The commanders in free agency this offseason have addressed their offensive line, which uh, was a bit of a problem (laughs) last season. Uh, The commanders this offseason so far have signed three unrestricted free agent offensive linemen of note. Tackle slash guard Andrew Wiley, center slash guard Nick Gates, and tackle slash guard Trent Scott. Also, the commanders this offseason have re-signed unrestricted free agent center Tyler Larson. Uh, the commanders this offseason have lost some offensive linemen who were unrestricted free agents. Uh, guard slash center Wes Schweitzer signed with the New York Jets. Uh, guard Wes Morton signed with the Cleveland Browns. And don't forget, the commanders have parted with offensive line coach John Matsko. And by the way, the commanders still have not officially named Matsko's replacement. But a lot of mock drafts have the commanders taking an offensive lineman with that number 16 overall pick in the 2023 draft. Uh, Tennessee offensive tackle Darnell Wright has come up. Georgia offensive tackle Broderick Jones has come up. Ohio State offensive tackle Paris Johnson Jr. has come up. Northwestern offensive tackle Peter Skoronsky has come up, although some people think that he'll be a guard in the NFL. Uh, This was Martin Mayhew on Thursday afternoon on if the commanders having signed Andrew Wiley would preclude them from taking an offensive tackle with their first round pick. The great thing about uh, Andrew and Nick uh, and Trenton, actually, is their position flexibility and versatility. Um, You know, Trenton's played pretty much everywhere except center. Andrew's played guard and tackle. uh, And then Nick has played center and guard. So we have the flexibility there to go anywhere in the draft, add somebody, and then put, put the pieces wherever the pieces line up. Yeah, a lot of position flex with the offensive linemen who the commanders have signed in free agency this offseason. Of course, also for the team this offseason has been a change at offensive coordinator. Ron Rivera fired Scott Turner and hired Eric Bieniemy as assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator. Rod on Thursday afternoon on what it has been like having Eric as part of this commander's draft process. It's been very interesting, uh, very energetic. I mean, the, the dude is constantly on, on the go. Um, I love his responses to, 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 to the readings. I love his uh, comments. His, his, his insight is very good. Um, we've, we've all really pretty much have learned very quickly what he's looking for, uh, for what we want to do offensively and how he sees players fitting. Um, and that was one of the really good things that, that, that you know, as again, as I said, when I was going through the process of finding the new OC, that was one of the things that I really liked was listening to him talk about how our players, our current players, fit for what he wants to do. And, and that was a big plus. So now listening to it again, I get a, you know, a little bit more of an education to understand you know, what, he's, what, what he's looking for and what he's uh, expecting out of guys. You know, something that very much appears to be the case is that the commander's offense now is Eric Bieniemy's. It is his baby. It is his with which to do as he pleases. You certainly would think that Eric is having major influence on the team's draft plans, especially with the team's offense being much more in need of an upgrade than the team's defense is. Uh, now, the commanders aren't set on defense. There are things that could be better, but I think that we all feel pretty good about the team on defense. The offense is the concern and has been for years. Washington has had a bad offense in each of the last five seasons, 2018 through 2022. But with that commander's defense, there is a big decision that is looming, whether to exercise the fifth-year option in the rookie contract of edge defender Chase Young. Uh, Both Rod Rivera and Martin Mayhew have been public with their supposed uncertainty about whether to exercise the option. Uh, We on the podcast have talked about this uncertainty a good bit. The uncertainty certainly seems to be a motivational tactic of some kind, because why else would the team be so open about it not knowing whether it wants to exercise this option, uh, which is for $17.452 million dollars? for the 2024 season. Now, there is some confusion about the deadline by which the fifth-year option must be exercised. Uh, A number of outlets have reported the deadline is being on May 1st. Uh, Ron Rivera on Thursday afternoon talked about the deadline is being on May 2nd. Whatever the case, uh, we on Thursday afternoon had this exchange between Commander's Insider Ben Standig of The Athletic and Ron Rivera, and then you'll hear a follow-up exchange between Commander's Insider John Keim of ESPN and Ron. 
with regards to Chase Young. Have you guys made a, a decision yet, whether you're going to tell us or not, about that fifth-year option? No, we'll wait till May 2nd. To make a decision or to announce something? Well, that's what we have. We have till May 2nd. Okay. Thanks. So if today was May 2nd, <laughs> <laughs> we'd give you an answer. Okay. Okay. All right. So if the commanders ever actually were uncertain about whether to exercise the Chase Young fifth year option, they are uncertain no more. Uh, here's my take they were never uncertain. Uh, This entire thing has been about motivating Chase to show up for the team's offseason program, which started on Monday, and Chase reportedly was in attendance. Chase Young has not been the easiest guy for Ron Rivera to coach, but Chase does train hard. He still is very gifted. He actually looked pretty good over his mere three games last season off the badly torn right knee that he suffered in November 2021, and I do think that the team is exercising the option. It's debatable whether the team should exercise the option. Like, the option is a real conversation, and that the option isn't a slam dunk yes is in and of itself an indictment of Chase's tenure here. Now, you know, a good bit of that isn't his fault, right? It's not his fault that he suffered that badly torn right knee, but prior to that injury in November 2021, Chase was having a very disappointing second NFL season, and there clearly have been problems between Chase Young and and Ron Rivera. But I do think that the commanders are exercising the Chase Young fifth-year option. I mean, look at it this way. It would be a really bad look for the player to publicly express doubt about exercising the fifth-year option, and then you don't exercise the fifth-year option. Like, that's borderline humiliating the player. I think that the idea with the public expressions of uncertainty about the option have been to motivate Chase. But the idea has been that the team will exercise that option. But we shall see. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Monday show, episode 556. We'll have a lot for you on the commanders as next week is NFL draft week. And of course, we remain on sale watch 24-7. So who knows what might happen this weekend. Also on Monday's show, we'll discuss the rest of our Washington, D.C. area sports weekend. We have the Capitals searching for a head coach. We have the Wizards searching for a general manager. The Nationals this weekend have a three-game series at the Minnesota Twins. And the Orioles this weekend have a three-game series against the Detroit Tigers at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. I won.